Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today is the first part in the teaching series, The Interior Life. But before we get started, here is today's special feature. It comes to us from the message, It's About Time. I went to hear a man by the name of Gordon McDonald speak. He at that time was the president of InterVarsity. And he talked about how he did his, his scheduling. And he taught me just a very simple thing. And it, it's amazing how it's helped me so much. He said, before you put anything else on your calendar, sit down with your family calendar. And put on it times with your spouse, times with your kids. If your kids have ball games, those sorts of, and, and put them on your calendar. He said, then when people ask to meet with you, and you, you're both looking at your calendar, you see, well, you've got a meeting, you've got a commitment at that point. Well, they don't ask you what the commitment is, you just have a commitment. And you're able to schedule around it, and you're able to use your time as you need to use your time. That has helped me so much. So in your realm of life, sit down with your calendar at least once a month, if not more, and look out ahead and put on your calendar ahead the, your, your quiet days, your time alone with the Lord, those things that are important with you and your family, and then schedule your other activities around those. And lastly, give thanks to God constantly give thanks to God for your time and for what's in your life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17 says, Rejoice always, pray continually in everything, give thanks. Give thanks to God. Now I could go on with many others, but you get the picture. Remember, less is oftentimes more. So start with one or two of these. And get them going in your life, and then, then move into the others. A man from Mali, West Africa, said this, You Americans have all the watches, but we have all the time. Last week, we looked at replenishing our emotional reserves. Today, we examined the use of our time and how to build holy space into our lives. Next week, we're going to examine building margin into our finances. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you shall have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Here now is our speaker and teacher for a word from the Lord, Archbishop Foley Beach, with part one of The Interior Life. Lois delights in God with all her heart. She would tell you that she loves God and that God loves her. She comes faithfully to church each Sunday, eager to learn and eager to worship the Lord. After putting her heart into the worship service, she leaves with her family and goes out to lunch. After lunch, she goes home and puts in a load of laundry, cleans out the refrigerator, gets the kids organized for the week. And before she knows it, it's 1130 at night. By 1230, she puts her head on the pillow and and the alarm blares at 6 a.m. After a 20-minute devotional with the Lord, she awakens the kids for school, takes the dogs out, fixes breakfast, says goodbye to her husband as he leaves for work, gets dressed, puts a load of laundry in the wash, cleans the dishes, takes the kids to school, and then drives 25 minutes to her secretarial job. After working nonstop until 5 o'clock with only a brief pause for lunch, she rushes to the after-school program to pick up her children and then rushes them to soccer practice, which begins at 6. 
After soccer practice, she hurries through the drive-thru at the local fast food restaurant and arrives home to another round of household duties, helping the children with their homework, making cookies for the school party the next day, giving the kids their baths, help guiding the children and laying out their clothes for the next day, reading bedtime stories and saying evening prayers before they are tucked away. She then goes through the mail, pays a few bills, watches the 11 o'clock news, folds a load of laundry, and before she knows it, it's 11.30 at night. By 12.30, she puts her head on the pillow, only to repeat a similar pattern the next day. Round and round she goes, no end in sight. This is a description of a modern Christian who is choked by the world. Sure, she wants to follow God. Sure, she loves God the best she can. But Lois's interior life is being choked by the world. Sam is active in his church. And he loves God too. He arrives each Sunday early to help set up the Sunday school rooms for classes each day. He meets the pastor for prayer before the morning worship service. And he and his wife teach a Sunday school class for young adults. During the worship service, he ushers every other week and is usually seen greeting folks after the service. On the way home from church, Sam and his wife usually eat lunch with a new family from the church as a way of helping them to get to know people. After a few hours at home, Sam returns to the church that night for the 6 o'clock Sunday night outreach program to the needy in the community. By 9 o'clock, he returns home exhausted and fulfilled from a busy day of ministry. On Monday, he meets one of the leaders in the church for breakfast on his way to work to discuss the upcoming building campaign. After work, Sam rushes home for a quick bite of dinner with his wife and then heads off to the Stephen ministry training event. This intense training session helps people like Sam care for other members of the church when going through a crisis. At 10 o'clock, Sam arrives home, watches the evening news and Jay Leno, and then prepares to go to bed. On Tuesday, Sam spends his lunch break preparing for the Bible study that he and his wife host in their home each week. Guests begin arriving at 6.45 and everyone's gone by 9.30. There was a good fellowship, excellent discussion about the passages from the Bible, and meaningful prayer time. On Wednesday, Sam attends his church's Wednesday night educational activities, which usually includes two classes which he's taken for credit at a nearby Bible school. On this particular Wednesday, Sam squeezes in a pastoral care committee meeting before the classes begin. Thursday is music night at his church. Sam's wife sings in the choir, so they ride together to the church. While she's in choir practice, Sam uses his time to fulfill his duties from the calling committee. He telephones members who have not been in church for a while to see how they are doing and how the church can be of service to them in some way. On Friday mornings at 6.30, Sam always attends the community Bible study with other businessmen in his community. They meet, pray, and study the scriptures each week. By 8 o'clock, he's at work. Friday nights are always reserved for going to dinner with longtime church friends who are dedicated Christians as well. Most Saturday mornings, Sam is helping at a local soup kitchen, which serves Saturday lunch to the needy. 
And Saturday night's always reserved for preparing his Sunday school lesson for the next day. Sunday morning arrives and Sam repeats the pattern all over again. All good things, all helpful things. But Sam is an example of a modern Christian who is being choked by the church. He gives and gives and gives, but his interior life is being choked by the church. This is the first in a series of sermons which I believe the Lord would like me to share with you. I'm calling it The Interior Life, Maintenance of the Inner Man. I invite you for the next few months to go with me on a journey in which we will examine different aspects of the interior life. It's my hope to equip you and empower you to be the person God has called you to be in this postmodern world in which we all live. The interior life does not call for your attention until it's usually too late. It does not scream for your attention. It does not call out for help. However, if it's not maintained, your life will come crashing down with catastrophic consequences. When I lived in Atlanta, I used to jog on a path which ran across, along the Chattahoochee River. I loved it because it was scenic, it was a private run, and running along the water always seemed to refresh me. On one part of the run, there was a big curve, and in the middle of this curve was a huge oak tree. Now, when I say huge, I mean, it had to be at least 100 feet high. I mean, it was really tall and really wide, a beautiful tree. When I would run by it, I would always think about how old that tree must be, and I would guess. And how life around it must have changed over its years. If, if it could talk, what it would say about all the things that had gone around it. Well, one day I was on my run and I came to the curve and to my horror the tree was down. The day before a storm had come through and the wind must have blown it down. I stopped and I stared and I was actually upset. It was such a monument. But as I looked closer... I began to notice a few things about that tree. It was hollow on the inside. I was shocked. As beautiful as that tree was on the outside, on the inside it was almost empty. It was like someone had taken a big drill and grown right up the inside of that tree. The second thing I noticed was that the roots of the tree didn't really go deep into the ground. Because of the rock surface it was growing on, the roots went along the ground, not really into the ground. I then began to understand. The tree was awesome and beautiful on the outside, but its interior life was empty. Because its roots didn't go deep, there was not the proper nutrition to develop the interior life correctly. It was mostly empty. That tree is the description of too many modern Christians. We are neglecting our interior life, and one day we will miss out. We're not maintaining our inner selves, and one day we will regret it. I view our interior life or our inner life like a spiritual bank account. We make deposits to it, and it grows strong, and it can even grow interest. When we need to draw on it, we have the reserves to get us through the challenges that life brings our way. But if we're not making our deposits, then when we need to draw on them, there's nothing there. 
and we go spiritually bankrupt. The psalmist describes the spiritual person like this. Psalm 1 verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Does this describe your life? Jesus said in John 7, 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within. Does that describe your life? Let's take a moment and describe the inner person. What is the inner man? Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He describes the human person as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. The body is our flesh, the physical and chemical makeup of who we are. It depends upon one's sight and hearing and taste and smell or touch, the body. But then there's the soul, and the soul consists of our mind, our will, our emotions, our conscience. Our mind is our capacity to think and reason. Our will is our capacity to choose Our emotions are our capacity to feel and our conscience is our capacity to know the difference between right and wrong. And then there's the Spirit. The Spirit is where the Holy Spirit indwells. The place where we commune with the Lord is the place where God speaks. The Spirit. Now our inner person is all that relates to our soul and our spirit. It's the part of me that's private not public. No one sees or knows but me and the Lord. It involves what happens between my ears and what flows from my heart. The inner person is the real me, my person. Now you and I will pay attention to the body, how we look, how we smell, how we dress. I mean, I wouldn't get up here in front of you without having shaved and taking a shower or brush my teeth or comb my hair. And because of what we're about, I wouldn't get up here without having my soul intact and making sure my spirit was in shape. Because those of you who are believers would be able to tell real quick, he's a phony, he's fake. All image, no substance. But isn't this how many of us live our lives? We take care of the body, we diet, we primp, we dress... But we ignore the soul and our spirit. The interior life is crucial for the abundant life. It's crucial for living a meaningful, successful, and sustaining life. The Bible speaks much to the interior life. Here here are a few examples. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it speaks of the flow of the Holy Spirit in our inner being. Paul writes... I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. 1 Peter 3.3 speaks of how real beauty comes from within a person, not from what we do on the outside. Here he's actually speaking to a woman's beauty. He writes, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, 
such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. In Matthew 12, Jesus says that the good and the evil in our lives actually comes from within us. Listen to his words. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. In Luke chapter 6, verse 43, Jesus says that the words we speak are a result of what's happening within us. He again draws on the tree analogy. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, and on the other hand, no bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. Can you repeat that with me? For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. When you and I are vicious, are hateful, are mean with our words... It's because our interior life needs some work. When we sin with our words, it's a clear indication that our interior life is not in shape. Jesus goes on to say that our falling to certain sins actually comes from what's going on within us. In Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. But Jesus also says that for those who are believers in Him, that the kingdom of God is actually within them. Listen to His words in Luke 17, verse 20. Once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. In 1 Corinthians 2.11, we're told that hearing the voice of God comes from within us. 1 Corinthians 2.11, For who among you knows the thoughts of a man except a man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. In Luke 11.35, Jesus says, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. This should be a motivator for all of us to work on our interior lives. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Paying attention to the interior life means that I intentionally provide maintenance for the inner person within me. Paying attention to the interior life means that I intentionally provide maintenance of the inner person within me. We want to feed the soul 
and empower the Spirit so that what we do with our flesh, that is our body, our voice, our eyes, our ears, and our hands, that what we do with our body reflects the character of the Lord, not evil. Gordon MacDonald wrote, If my private world is in order, it will be because I'm convinced that the inner world of the spiritual must govern the outer world of activity. Let me read that to you again. If my private world is in order, it will be because I'm convinced that the inner world of the spiritual must govern the outer world of activity. It may take a while for some of us to come to this understanding, and even more so for some of us to actually put into practice into our lives regular maintenance of the interior life. So I invite you to come back next week and journey with me as I take us on a journey into this interior life. I believe you'll find parts of this very relevant to where you're living. I believe you'll find ways to make deposits into your interior bank account so that you'll not go spiritually bankrupt. And I believe you'll find ways to keep that stream of living water always flowing within you so that your light does not turn to darkness. So as I conclude this morning, let me leave you with some food for thought. What do I intentionally do to nurture my inner being? Amen. Thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but but just the way it is. A is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin, is God's solution for being alienated from Him to believe that through Jesus I can be made whole and I can be healed, that I can be forgiven. And the C is for confess. Confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. A lot of folks receive Him as their Savior. They want their, what I call, fire insurance. Make sure they don't go to hell. But they aren't willing to allow Him to be their Lord, to be the one who uh, is the master of their life. And, and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, um, and yet it's that powerful that it makes such an eternal difference. Uh, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and, and say a simple prayer. Uh, confess your sin to Him, tell Him you believe in Him, and then begin to confess Him as your Savior, Lord. If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. 
I'd like to send you some materials uh, to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's it's like becoming a, a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit a word from the Lord. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.